Let's go into the word of the Lord this morning. Oh, powerful word of God. Powerful word of God. Now, last year is a year of hope. We thank the Lord even for the hope that has been built up in us. But this year, 2018, as we welcome this year, what awaits us? What kind of a journey shall it be? As you have already heard and yes, you already know, 2018 is unstoppable love. Everybody say unstoppable love. Unstoppable love is very, very powerful. And of course, the passage of Scripture is taken from John 13, verse 34 to verse 35. Can you now please open your Bible to John 13, 34, 35. Let's read the word of the Lord together, shall we? John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give unto you. Shall we read together? A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. Amen. I purposely ask you to read from the word of the Lord, although it's here. But there's nothing like reading from your own Bible, isn't it? <laughs> the theme verse is from John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. But for today, we want to understand this passage of Scripture in its whole context. It all started in John chapter 13. And it goes through until John chapter 17. It is known as the last discourse of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, it was his final words. And he uttered those words on Thursday night during the Passover. He knew that in a few moments' time, in a few hours' time, he would go to the cross and die for us. What would he say to the disciples? If you know that these are your final words that you have to say to your loved one, what will be your final words? Many people do not have that kind of a, of a chance or an opportunity because we never know when we'll go. So sometimes those final words were never uttered. The goodbyes were never said. But Jesus, Jesus knew that His hour had come and He poured out His heart even to the disciples. And it is in that context that we have John chapter 13, verse 34 to verse 35. And we are talking this morning about the love of the Father. Unstoppable love. The love of the Father. This morning's message is very simple. So simple that I'm almost embarrassed to say it. Because this morning we are talking about God's love. 
But don't, please don't tune me off yet. Some of you say, oh, yeah, Pastor, God's love. Ah, I, oh, that one, ah, I, I've been hearing about God's love since my son, Sunday school days. And you've been singing that song. Jesus loves me, this I know. Hallelujah. Hey, come on, give yourself a big hand. Wow. Yeah, we know about the love of God, the love of Jesus. Too simple perhaps for some of us. But the great theologian, Karl Barth, when he was asked the question, what is the greatest truth that you have discovered? I mean, he's a great thinker. You read his systematic theology, his dogmatic man, it blows your mind. But when he was asked a question, what's the greatest truth that you have discovered? And his answer is, the greatest truth I've ever discovered in the Bible is, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Wow! From a great thinker, talking about the love of God. And so this morning, I'll just let you focus on the love of the Father. The love of the Father as a New Year message because once you know the love of the Father, you can face anything in 2018. And the love of the Father will be with you. The love of the Father will carry you through and you will soar like an eagle on the love of the Father. First of all, we have to embrace the love of the Father. Embrace the love of the Father. You see, it's all about the Father's love. When you are talking about John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, the longest discourse, the longest uh, message of, of Jesus Christ, it's all about the Father, actually. He started off in John, uh, the, the Word of the Lord started off in, in John chapter 13, verse 1. Jesus knew that His hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. And then also in verse 3, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands. As far as Jesus is concerned, his life revolves around. Everything is about the Father. The Father's will, the Father's command, the Father's love. It's all about the Father. Of course, he said, the Father and me, we are one. You cannot separate the Father from the Son and of course the Spirit as well. <coughs> but here, Jesus gave us the concept, the understanding of God as our Father. He's not just a creator in the distant, far away. He's not just a judge. 
He's our Father. And then in John chapter 14, for example, just in these few verses, verse 6 to verse 16, see how many times the word Father appears. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so the Father, the Father, it's about the Father. And so the context of what we are talking about here is the Father's love. In 2 Corinthians 6, 18, the word of the Lord says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Wow. God himself says, I I, am your father. I will be a father to you, and you are my child. One of the most Powerful words that you can ever hear is when God says, you are my child. For a boy or a girl, one of the most devastating words that he can ever hear is, you are not my child. It will shatter the heart the confidence of any boy or girl when disowned in that manner. But God says, you are my son, you are my daughter, and I am your father. That's how God wants to relate with each and every one of us. Galatians 4 says, because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Our hearts cry out, Abba, Father, and we are talking about the spirit of adoption here. There's a difference between being a biological child and an adopted child. A biological child, you got no choice at all. You are born into that family. You got no say. You got no choice. How many of you want to get out of your family and join another family? You may do so physically, but it doesn't change the fact if you are born into the Lee family, you are Lee. You cannot be a Leo. Anyway, there's very few Leos around. That's being a biological child. Some of you may not be happy where you are. You wish that you're born into another family. Because you see what your friend has. But being adopted is different. Being adopted, God chose you. God chose you. You may not be the best, you may not be the most lovely, you may not be the most talented, but God chose you. You are chosen. God has a choice and He chose us and not only has He chosen us, after that He gave us all the rights, all the privileges of a child. And we enjoy all the rights and privileges. We are chosen and given the right. And that's why we are able to call Abba Father. Oh, how deep is the Father's love for us. First John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called 
children of God. Behold what manner of love God has showered, lavished, poured forth upon us. It's extravagant love, unstoppable love, unlimited love, unconditional love. He poured it out on us and He called us His children. In another version, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Everybody say, I am a child of God. Amen. I don't know about you, but to me, that is a powerful statement, a declaration. I am a child of God. That's who you are. Because God is our Father. And Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now that again is so powerful. You see, the love of the Father and Son has never been separated. They have always been together, right from the beginning itself. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and they have enjoyed that love together. And in the same manner that the Father has loved the Son, Jesus says, I have loved you. Same kind of love. Agape, unconditional love. That's the love of God for us. And He said, abide in my love. Live in the sphere of my love. Enjoy, you know, and, 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 and live in the sense of my love. It's not just one moment you feel the love of God and after that, wow, you're on your own already. No, we are living within the sphere of God's love every day of our life, abiding in the love of God. Out of the 37 times that the word love appeared in the Gospel of John, 20 times or more than 50% of the occurrences appeared in the context of the last night he spent on earth with his disciples. Most of these are found in John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and onwards. The last night. And that's why we are talking about John chapter 13. He poured out his love. He assured them of his love because he's going away. Some of them asked, ah, but, but, but you don't know where we are going. We, don't, we do not know where you are going. And they were a bit concerned. They were a bit worried. And Jesus gave the assurance of love 20 times in just those few chapters. So Christ gave the command to love one another in this context. Going back to John chapter 13, verse 1. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What did he do? He loved them. See, God's love is for his own, for those that he has reached out to, for those who have responded to his love. He loved them. Who's the them there? Of course, the immediate context is those disciples. 
They were gathered in the upper room with him. And the damn there includes Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, who would betray him, who in a few verses down, he would depart and leave the room and betray him for 30 pieces of silver. And Jesus loved Judas Iscariot. He was included in this group. By the time we reach John chapter 13, verse 34, when Jesus gave the commandment, love one another, Judas Iscariot was no more in the room. The new commandment was given in the absence of Judas Iscariot. A small detail there, but I think it's very important. But here, in John chapter 13, verse, verse 1, Judas Iscariot was still there. He loved them. The damn there includes Peter, who later on, in a few hours' time, will deny that he knows the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just once, but three times he would deny the Lord. The damn includes people like Judas, people like Peter. His love is no respecter of person. He loves us not because we are lovely, not because we are clever, not because we are spiritual or holy. In spite of all our weaknesses, He loved them. He loved each and every one of us. Luther says, God does not love us because we are valuable. We are valuable because God loves us. Some of you feel, oh, you know, I'm terrible, I'm too sinful. No, I'm not spiritual enough. I don't think God will ever love me. Hey, if he can love a Judas, he can love anybody. Even you. Even me. Somebody say, amen. He loved them. You are precious and I love you. That's what God says in Isaiah 43 verse 4. You are precious. Don't look down on yourself because God never looks down on you. Don't think that you are useless. Don't say it. Don't ever say that because God says you are precious. And I've loved you with an everlasting love. That's the assurance God wants you to have as you begin the year. Bible says he loved them until when? To the end. Having loved them, he loved them to the end. The end here is, of course, the, uh, the, the end of his earthly life, you know, which is coming soon. In a few hours' time, he will be crucified on the cross. But not only for that span of time, but even until eternity, his love is everlasting. From everlasting to everlasting. It is a love without end. He never gave up on any one of them. When somebody has filled you, disappointed you, you may have easily given up and say, I've given you too many chances, sorry, no more, and you walk out on the person. But Jesus never let go of us. He never let go of our hands. We may have filled him, you know, but he never let go of us. His love knows no end at all. And so Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you. What is love? Love is what God has demonstrated to us. 
Love is not just that butterfly feeling somewhere in your stomach, you know, you know, when you love somebody. But love is what God has demonstrated to us. He is a God who loves us. And that phrase there, the God who loved the God who loved me, is taken from that James Bond movie, 1977. James Bond movie, The Spy Who Loved Me. Remember that one? But we have not the spy who loved me, but the God who loved me. Hallelujah. He's a God who loved me as I have loved you. But God, how have you loved us? Romans 5.8, but God shows His love for us. You see, love can be seen. It's not a butterfly feeling inside you. Love can be seen. God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When a man loves a lady, how does he prove his love? Come on, man. Be creative. He may write a poem. He may compose a song. He may serenade her with, a, with that song. Or he may, got, he may buy her an expensive gift. And finally, he will marry her. It's demonstrated, right? It's demonstrated. God's love is not like the love of a husband. When the wife needs the assurance of his love, you know what he said to her? I know that men, we are very, it's very difficult to say, I love you, isn't it? Even to your own wife. I know men struggle with that. And so there is this husband who is never, never too much of a, 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 a show or express the love, you know. So when the wife says, How come you never say, I love you, one, you know? So the husband says, Well, when we got married, when we were down, when we were down uh, uh, at the aisles there, I have said, I love you. And if I ever change my mind, I will tell you that. <laughs> All right. So since I haven't changed my mind, you haven't heard anything from me, that means I still love you, la, you know. But the wife, poor wife, heard I love you only once. And women, they need more of the assurance of God. Thank God that our God is not like that husband. Because our God keeps reminding us, show us His love again and again and again and again. That's the love of the Father. He keeps on showing His love to us how much we, He loves us. That's why God is the greatest lover, really. I say that with all full reverence. Our God is the greatest lover. Somebody say, Amen. Hallelujah. So in this passage of Scripture itself, how do we know the love of God? The agape love of God. That was the washing of the disciples' feet. Jesus didn't do it just for show. But he washed his disciples' feet. He humbled himself, showed how much he loved them and cared for them. A demonstration of his love. And then he instituted the Lord's Supper. Verse 18 to verse 30 of chapter 13. On the same night as the Passover feast, 
God did something fresh. God did something new. Instead of the Old Testament Passover feast, we have the love feast, the agape feast. It's just a bread and the wine, that's all. It's not a, you know, with all the turkey, with all the siu yolk and all kinds of things. No, just a simple thing. But it was called a love feast because it was a gathering of lovers. They love one another. They cherish one another. And it was a demonstration of the love of God because Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood for you. That's how much I love you. And then after that, another demonstration of the ultimate love of God. John chapter 13, verse 31 to 34. And then after that only are we given the commandment to love one another. But here, there was the demonstration of the ultimate love of God already. Jesus didn't even talk about death and all that, but he, 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 he used that mysterious term. Now is the Son of Man glorified. He used the word glorified. It's not an accidental death. It's not a martyr's death. But it was a glorification of the Son of Man. And he's talking about his death. The ultimate demonstration of his love. And then only he says, love one another as I have loved you. He didn't just talk about it. He has already shown it from verse 1 until verse 33. How does God say, I love you? John chapter 3, verse 16. You all know it. God so loved. Hi. It shows immediately that God is a lover. A fantastic lover. He so loved the world. We always quote, we are, we are familiar with this passage of Scripture. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have eternal life. The first memory verse for many of us. But the word so love the world, what does it mean? It does not mean God, that God loves the world so much. This is how much God loves the world. No, the word so, huto, actually means in this manner. God so loved the world, in this manner, God loves the world. In other words, this is how God loved the world. Not how much, but how God loves the world. And this is how God says, I love you. How does God say, I love you? God said, I love you by giving His only Son. His one and only Son. Monogenes, one and only. There's nobody else like Jesus there's nobody else who was born like Jesus. There's nobody else who lived like Jesus. There's nobody else who talked like Jesus. There's nobody else who loved like Jesus. There's nobody else who died on the cross like Jesus. There's nobody else who rose from the dead like Jesus. There is one and only Son, one and only Jesus Christ. That's a powerful term. Jesus was called. In, in, in John chapter 13, he called the disciples, my little children. But children and son, one and only, is very, very different. God has only one. And he gave his best for us. This is how God says, I love you. 
I give you my son, my one and only one. The best demonstration of God's love. So that he will die on the cross for your sins and you may have eternal life. You cannot know God's love if you do not believe in his son, Jesus Christ. So God loves you so much. Always, always has and always will. Are you assured of God's love today? Amen. It's powerful. My father loves me. Not so powerful in the English. I like the way the Africans say it. How does the African say it? Africans say it. Papa loves me. Papa. It's Papa to them. I double checked that. You know, last night I, I, I met some Africans. I said, how, how, how do you say in Africa? You know, you know? Now, they all say, Daddy, Papa, God, Father, what? He says, yes, Papa. Papa loves me. Amen? Papa loves me. Now, for some of us, it's kind of hard to receive that because we grow up in an environment where there's not much love being shown or be displayed. Maybe you grow up in a one-parent situation. Or maybe it was an abusive family. Or maybe there is always an absentee father there. You know, and you grow up without really much relationship with the father. So when we talk about the father's love, it's very hard for you to relate. But I can assure you the father's love here is pure. It's so wonderful. It's different from any human love. So receive, receive the love of the father and know that Papa, he loves you. He loves you so much that he has already given his one and only his best for us. And there's nothing that he will withhold. And let's, let's love him back in return. Bible says in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow, that's a long, powerful sentence there. A lot of things inside there. But talking about the breadth and length and height and depth of the love of God, John's thought says, the love of Christ is broad enough to encompass all mankind, long enough to last for all eternity, deep enough to reach the most degraded sinner and high enough to exalt him to heaven. Yes, the love of God will be there when you are moving forward. The love of God will be there when somehow you fall backward. The love of God will be there when you climb up. The love of God will be there when you fall down. The love of God covers us from every angle. Oh, how great, oh, how great a love the Father has loved us. And, and this love is not just for yeah, hate I knowledge. Know yeah, I know the Father Papa loves, loves me. me. Papa great. loves me. Great. But, but Paul continues and Paul says that, say that you may know this love that surpasses knowledge and be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. The word know is experiential knowledge, not hate knowledge. All right, it's not hate knowledge, but experiential knowledge that you will experience the love of That's God. 
There's a whole thing. The love of God. The love of God is not just for us to know and understand in the head, but the love of God is for us to experience. Question is, how do we experience God's love? How do you? How do you experience God's experience love? Experience God's love. Beyond just embracing the facts of God's love, how do you experience the Father's love? This is the foundation of everything. Experiencing the Father's love is the deepest, most transforming, valuable, powerful experience in life that you can ever experience. John Wesley talks about experiencing God's love in this way. It is a profession far beyond a bare freedom from sin. The love of God. Yes, He saved us from our sin, but it is beyond that. Many of us talk about the love of God as if He just saved us from our sin and we are left on our own. No, no, no. It's beyond just forgiveness and freedom from sin. And what John and what John Wesley says is true. true. God did not have to give us experiences of His love. God could be God could be just like a judge. Just like a judge. He could have forgiven. He could have forgiven like a judge. And just let us go. And judges know that. And judges know that. No, they make. No, no, they they pass the verdict. So many verdicts every day. Not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. One after the okay, you are free to go. And that's it. You are forgiven. You have no penalty. No imprisonment. Imprisonment. You are free to go. After that, the judge may have forgotten the person. Some may remember. Some may remember, but there's no more relationship. God could have forgiven our sins when we say, "I believe in Your Son Jesus Christ." Okay, you are free to go. But no, no, no. God doesn't want that. He longs to have. He longs to have relationship with us. So He reveals His love in ways no words or mind can encompass. He wants to have relationship. That's the key. That's the key. As Anne Hathaway says, As Anne Hathaway says love is a human not experience, a not a statement. God is love. God is love. For some, that is a statement. For some, that is a statement. But there is an invitation, but there is an invitation to experience, to experience the, God the God full of love, full of love whose nature, whose nature is love. Is love. So love is a human. So love experience. is a human experience. When we say about unstoppable, when we say about love, unstoppable it's love, it's not a statement itself, but it is a human, is a human experience. experience. This quote from Roland Baker, this quote from is, Roland Baker important is very important for us to start our off year of our year of unstoppable, unstoppable love. Otherwise, you will get nowhere. Otherwise, you will get nowhere. Roland Baker. Roland from Baker, from keeping the fire, from, from his book, keeping the fire, book, keeping the fire we says, cannot love we cannot love with supernatural, unstoppable love, unless we first, what? Experience, experience the love of the, the, love father, of the father ourselves. That's where we must, that's where begin. We must begin. I agree totally, I agree with, totally with him. That's where we all must begin. You cannot give, you cannot give what, you do not have. what you do not have. So you have to experience, so you have to experience the love, the love of, the of the Father first, first and, foremost. and foremost. Jesus says, love, Jesus one, says, another. love one another. Just as Just I have, as loved, I have you loved you, should you love also should one love another. One another. Just like John three Just like John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. Just a little word. Just a little word. Two letter words. Two letter words. So is so powerful. Powerful. 
and here another two small words, another two or, small or, or, words. Two or, or, or rather two letter words as, as I have that loved you mean? what does that as mean this doesn't mean since this I love doesn't you, mean you since I love you love. you no. also go and show that love no it says in the also same in the same manner in the same in the manner, same manner you can experience, you can experience my, love. my love so so it is those who learn it is those who learn to enjoy his love who rejoice in it who rejoice who in it who feel the warm of God's love who are magnetized with the love of Jesus Christ who are changed by the love of Jesus Christ that's what it means that's what it means as i have loved you as i have loved you and friends the love of god is so powerful it can change anybody it can change anybody it can magnetize it can magnetize you any metal that is Any placed close that is enough, placed to, close a enough to a magnetic force or field will become magnetized soon. And the love of God, when you hang around in the love of God, when you live within the sphere of the love of God, when you abide in the love of Jesus Christ, then it is possible to love one another. Otherwise, it's all selfishness inside us. Just as Just I as you. I have loved so you, you. so you can experience the love, the love of Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ our, Lord. our Lord. Andrew Nowen says, Andrew Nowen says, I had a deep experience, had a deep of, God's experience of God's love for me. I'm sure we all can say. I'm sure we all can say the same thing. Isn't have it? you had a deep have you had a deep experience of God's love for you? How many can say Amen? Yeah, I had that powerful. I had that powerful deep experience, experience of, God's of God's love for me. I grew up as a very wild I grew up kid. as a very wild kid. My mother passed away when my I was mother passed away when I was just three years old. So I literally grew up. So I literally grew up in the street. I mean, my father. He's a he's a loving man. But we, but we, we have eight in the family. We have eight in the family. So he have to. So he have work. to. Work just to support hard just to support the family. So most of the time we do not. So see most him. of the time we do not see him. But I have sweet memories. But I have sweet memories of him coming back late at night, and he will bring the and he will bring the famous up to today. I love it. The famous Alostar Yinyong. Oh, you go to Alostar. Oh, you go to Alostar. Amen. Hallelujah. You go to Alostar. You must eat the yinyong there. I tell you, you must eat the yinyong. You cannot find it anywhere else. Penang is quite close. Penang is quite close. Oh, just the aroma. Oh, just the aroma itself. Just the aroma. Just the aroma itself. And so he'll bring back. And so he'll bring back. Oh, the kids just love it. I just eat it. So he's a loving father. So he's a loving father. But I grew up a wild kid. Fighting along the streets. Fighting along the streets. Gang fights. Gang fights. Swimming across the Swimming river. across the river. With strong currents. With strong currents. Roaming the jungles. Roaming the jungles. Did all kinds of things. Did all kinds of things. But lacking love. But lacking love. Lacking love. Lacking love. So I was that macho guy. So I was that macho guy. Young guy. But Young act guy. Like macho. But act like macho. Real man. Real Can man. Cry one. Cannot cry one. Very tough inside. But then one day, but then one day, the love of God touched me. The love of God touched me. I was seeking for God. Already. I was seeking for God already. Somehow there was a spiritual. Somehow there was a spiritual hunger. I did not know. I did not know where, how, know to, where, find where, how to find but him. But one day, 
But one day, on the 27 of January 1975, at about 9 p.m., I walked into the church. The service was almost over. There was a missionary. He was about to close the service already. And the church was packed. Packed means about, you know, it's just a semi-detached house. So there may be about 70, 80 people there. But it was packed. I stepped into that into that hall. Into that hall. And the moment I step in, I tell you the love of God just fill my heart, touch my soul. And for no reason, and for no reason, I begin to weep. I cannot, I cannot explain the love of God, but I experience it that night. And before the preacher, and before the preacher could even give an altar call, the love of God drew me to the front. I walk up there, and I look up at him. He he hasn't even given the altar call yet. He was still finishing his last few points or last point. And I just wept and I cried and I said, "Preacher, I want Jesus." And he led me in the and he led me in the sinner's prayer. And the love of God filled my heart. Hey, pastor, that was for. Hey, man, give the Lord a big hand. Just like Henry Newman, I had a deep experience of God's love. Hey, say, pastor, that was 42 years ago. Why are you telling me about 42 years ago? But I tell you today, in my life, the love of God is as real as it was 42 years ago. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I had a deep experience. And I'm sure each one of you, you have had the deep experience of God's love in different ways. We can have a special wash night service for you and hear all the testimonies of your experience in God's love. It's real. It's love. Some may be dramatic, some may be just not so dramatic. Some, some you glide into God's love. You, 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 you don't know when it happened or so. You just somehow just glide into it, but after that you wake up. Oh, yeah, actually it happened. I didn't even know it. All right, but it's the love of God. The love of the Father that's so real to us. So we can experience God's love. Oh, how to share with you. It's already 12.30. <laughs> and I've got four, five points here. I've got, here. got five more points. How to share God's love. How to experience God's love. I will quickly go through it if you just give me a few more minutes. Is it okay? Just a few more minutes. How we can experience God's love. All right. Number one, see it. Everybody say, see it. We must pray to God for God to open our eyes to see the love of God. All right. The Bible says in First John chapter three verse one, "Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us." Oh, thank you, Avi guy, you corrected the spelling there. You know, it says, "Behold, behold" means open your eyes and see, see, see. We can see the love. We can see the love of God everywhere. No, I'm not being a universalist and say the love of God is everywhere. You know, God is love. Love is God. No. God is love, but love is not God. Okay? You know? But you can see the love of God when you wake up. You know, some of us experience the love of God when you see even the rising sun or the setting sun. Some of us see the love of God in that baby. Some of us see the love of God everywhere. And even Mother Teresa can see the love of God in the lepers. You can see the love of you can God see the love pain. of God in your pain, in your suffering, you in your suffering. You can even see the love of God there if you were just open your eyes and behold it. It comes in different shades. 
What is there if you were? What is there if you were just say, Lord? Open my eyes. Open my eyes to see your love. Feel it. Feel it. I must open my emotion. I must open my emotion to God's love. Sometimes you wonder how. Sometimes you wonder how come in churches there are more ladies than guys, huh? Maybe the ladies are more open to emotions. Guys, sometimes they are so hard on the emotion. They don't want to show the emotion. Want to be macho. Want to be macho. When God touch them with the love of God, they also stand there like stone. But ladies touched by the love of God. But ladies touched by the love of God. So free and relaxed. And that's why they can respond to God's love. I'm not saying that all men are like that. Amen. We are good guys, right? Amen. You know. But let's be more open. Sometimes we are so hard enough to God's love already. When God touches us, we don't show it. We don't feel it. But you can open it because love is an emotion. It's an experience. So when you are touched by the love Love of God. Respond accordingly. Sometimes in tears. Sometimes in just worship. And sometimes it's just a song. Sometimes it's just stillness and silence. But you can feel the love of God. Thirdly, pursue. Everybody say, pursue. You must open. You must open your heart for the touch of the love of God. Yes, God's love is unconditional. All right, He gives to us. You know, whoever we are, He pours out His love for us. But if you really want to experience God's love, you need to reach out for it. Grab it, pursue it with all your heart. It's just like the love. It's just like the love relationship. For love relationship to work, it must be. Two ways. One way One relationship, way relationship does, not does not work. The girl may say, Oh, I love The girl him. may say, Oh, I love him with all my heart and this and this and this and willing to do anything. Or can be the guy. And if you ask the person, and if you ask the person, person, how about the other person? Does he or she feel the same? Does he or she feel the no, same? It's just me. No, it's, it's just me. Then it will not work. Then it will not work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. If there is a response, if the there is a response side, on the other side, huh? Then the relationship. Then the relationship. It's going somewhere. It's going somewhere. Likewise with God. God Likewise with God. God has poured out all His love for us. It's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. Then we must pursue. Then we must the pursue after the love of God. How do we pursue after? How do we pursue after, after the, the love of God? The, after the love of God. Hey, we must spend lots of time together with the one that we love. We must spend time with the Lord. We must spend time with the Word of the Lord and read the love letters of God to us. We must pray. We must pray. Seek His face. Hunger after Him. Woo Him. Woo Him. Call Him. Seek Him. And enjoy the love that He showed to us. So we have to pursue. There is so a we have to pursue. There is a part play. that we must and play, and fourthly, ask for it. Open up my heart to receive and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Romans five five. God's love has been poured into our hearts. How? Through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You want to experience the great outpouring of God's love, the great baptism of God's love in your life. How? Through the Holy Spirit. That's how God poured out His love to us. The Holy Spirit, the more, the Holy that, Spirit, the more that you are filled with the, the Holy Spirit, the, the more that you walk in the Holy Spirit, the more revelation of the love of the Father you will receive. So ask the Holy Spirit, so ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Ask for the revelation of God's word or God's love to you through the Holy Spirit. 
And lastly, and lastly, give it. I must open my hands to let the love of God flow through me. The more that you share God's love, the more that you will have God's love. And so, brothers and sisters, today, this year, this year, I pray that every one of us will experience the love of the Father. Live with the sense of the Father's love. Every day of your life. Not something that happened years ago, but today. Fresh. The fresh experience of God's love. And when you have the love of God with you through 2018, nothing can stand in your way. The love of God will carry you through. The love of God will see you through. The love of God will bless you in the year of 2018. Somebody say amen. So let us embrace and experience the love of the Father. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Let's pray.